Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And this past weekend, uh, I had the pleasure to interview uh, another one of my good buddies, uh, Tim McCormick, who's been on the show before. Uh, awesome, awesome dude. Uh, it was great catching up with him. Uh, talked about like acupuncture, herbs, all, all the stuff that he's into. Uh, but a really cool thing that uh, he and a few other people are uh, starting to open up. Uh, nice uh, holistic clinic, if you will, uh, in Easton, Pennsylvania. Uh, close to where I live and I'm really excited for him. Uh, but we just take a deep dive into uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, big thing that I really took away was just looking at the Eastern versus Western models, uh, which I always appreciate because I still practice in a semi-Western uh, physical therapy uh, practice where it's, hey, it's Western trying to combine some Eastern philosophies. Uh, I'm just taking the best of what I can from that. And Timbo really helps out with that, so I appreciate that. Uh, so without further ado, uh, please enjoy this uh, talk with Tim McCormick. Alrighty, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And today, I have my good friend back, Tim McCormick. Uh, Tim and I were just talking, and... Uh, Getting ready to uh, move into a new place. Uh, to give us the rundown on it. Give us, share everybody what what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're uh, we're opening up an integrative medicine center in downtown Easton, uh, Bank Street and Ferris, called the New House N U House. And um, yeah, you can check it out. You can you can go online right now, and there's an uh, email sign up sheet. But yeah, the idea it's, it was spawned. Um, the idea was from. Janelle Lukacek, who wanted to bring as many healing modalities together as possible into one space, just to benefit the community, to benefit the patients, benefit individuals, and basically the region as a whole. You know, she graduated Easton High, I graduated Easton High, so that's how we knew each other, and we both had a, had it in our hearts to come back home and uh, and do something special for the. For the community, so. so who all's involved in this? So Janelle, like, what, yeah, what's, what's yeah. her gig? Well, she's the she's leader basically. She, okay, she uh, she got everybody together. She reached out to everybody involved, yeah. and and she made all the connections and uh, is is leading the whole project. Uh, there's gonna be yeah. So who all's be, in there? I mean, yeah, there's gonna you, be you bring the acupuncture part. There's more more than I can remember at this <laughs> that's, point. That's fantastic, you though, know, too, which is rad. So there's you know there's going to be nutritionists, um, right. herbalists. There's actually going to be uh, we're looking for an RN or um, nurse practitioner too to do. If you hear that, listen up. Uh, yeah. we we can, we can, we can hook you up here. Yeah, it's going to be rad. It's going to be an amazing space because it's just everybody coming together and really with the intention to eliminate ego, which is always so big in medicine, and just get together for a the betterment of the people that we're serving. So there's, there's nutritionists, there's, you know, obviously I'm acupuncture and, and Asian herbal medicine, but there's Western herbalist that's coming in. What's talk to me about that. I like, I'm I'm not sure what the differences are there, please. Yeah. I don't think there are many differences. And that's what I was curious. It's just more just like the different type of schooling, but probably a lot of the same, a lot of the same herbs, a lot of the same modalities, I guess. I think it's the same concept. I mean, I think it's basically the same. When it comes to Eastern and Western herbs, in my experience at yeah. least, the Western herbalists that I've talked to in different cultures that I've, that I've visited, 
um, I've been in, all right, so I've been in Asia, I've been in like Native American circles, and I've been like Central America, South America, and they, they all talk about the same thing. They all talk about this herb cools heat in the body, right. or this herb warms uh, coolness, or this herb disperses an accumulation. Um, it, it's just different language, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, what is it, Paro is a dog in Spanish, but, you know, talking about the same thing. So, <laughs> that makes yeah. sense, yeah. So, um, I think it's just different language, really. And, but we're talking about the same thing, and, and Western herbalists have a different approach. They, from my experience, I could be wrong, I'm not a Western herbalist, um, they, they treat more disease-based. So They still look at it more of a Western model, yeah, overall. Yeah, that's... That's what I've experienced, and that might not be the way that it's intended to. Yeah. So, you know, because I know a lot of people probably describe things that I do way off. Exactly, right? so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if there's any Western herbalists out there, they can... Or if um, you want to come on, I'd love to I'd love to hear yeah. their perspective, too. Like, just to see the differences in the styles, yeah. Like, yeah, I would listen to that one. That would be great, yeah. It's because it's all... It, like you said before, it's all for the betterment of the patient. Like, it's not like a Western herbalist is trying to screw somebody over where you're just using, like, the best the best possible way no it's like they're just different ways yeah all going for that same uh end goal for the patient for the person yeah yeah absolutely yeah so it's all good things you know there's a cryotherapy i think there's cold laser is going to be going yeah yeah. there's going to be a salt room and infrared sauna yeah um okay i'm curious on your take i was just listening to laird hamilton talk uh he was on joe rogan podcast like in the last like week or two um and the big thing right now is infrared saunas, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I still like the old school barrel sauna. It's like, I don't need the light. I don't need this and that. Like, he was talking. He said somebody who said, like, oh, okay, man, it might not be good for too much exposure. They said, like, if you're going to do it, you should be limiting it to 15 minutes, three times a week. And don't open your eyes. Like, be careful with all that. Uh, and he's like, just give me the heat. Like, I just love mm-hmm. it. Like, 200. Like, if I can go over 200, like, 220 uh, in an old school sauna. Like, because infrared, like, if you're going, like, 150, 160, like, that's high on that end then too yeah, because of the yeah. type of heat. Uh, I don't know enough about it though. I didn't know if you knew much else into that, but I don't know. Laird Hamilton talks. He's somebody I'm going to listen to that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that much about infrared. I mean... I know that the wavelengths can be a healing source though too, but it's yeah. the same concept, right? Yeah. I guess it's... Is, is too much of that red light going to be harmful at a certain point versus if you're purely using heat just to use the heat like well yeah you know that heat can be harming as well but you're only focusing on one thing versus like heat with the light and is that too much i i have no idea mm-hmm. but yeah either way i plan on within the next year we'll have a sauna yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah i think it's i mean anecdotally right it works i mean people get saunas because they feel better when, yeah. when they get out of them so and at the end of the day that's what matters so i know that yeah, so I actually I'm I'm down at Skintrist right now. Skintrist is a, um, a a spot. Travis told me about that. Yeah. So yeah. what's going on with that too? So I'm down there on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Uh, treating. So basically, I'm I know the girl. I know the owners there, and um, they're great. They're, yeah. And they're always looking for you know the next thing, like how to help their how to help their people coming in with it. So they have uh, light therapy. They do infrared. They sure. All of that stuff, and especially in a spa setting because. If nothing else, like it's great for skin collagen production. I know that, like as far as the yeah. infrared specifically. So, the I mean that's going to be 
uh, on the on the health slash beauty side of things, I think like that's going to be a big of, of interest to people as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That collagen is that's uh, everything. When yeah, it comes to that. Yeah. Keep, keep the wrinkles industry. away. Keep them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's. So they brought me in because what they were finding was a lot of their people were coming in with uh, chronic pain, migraines, yeah. you know, chronically inflamed type, you know, joints and, and, sure. and muscle pain, and they're just looking for a way to help their to help their people out. And we got talking and I was like, oh, you know, why don't I come in once a week and we'll see we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and it's been great. It's been awesome. great so far. A good good response and. Um, yeah, I'm continually amazed. You know, the big joke that I say is for the first, like, four or five years I was doing this, it was really just me learning how to act like I wasn't surprised it was working. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an awesome place to yeah. be in, too. Like, yeah, I don't know. I put the, I put the needles in and uh, sit back, and then you feel better, and I just, yeah, that's supposed to happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, I've seen it happen so many times that I'm, I'm used to it now. Right. But... You're not used to it for years, yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't make sense growing up in the West how you could. We're so jaded against that, yeah. Yeah, but so that's actually one thing that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. um, It's a completely different view of the body, and that's what's important to consider, right? Because um, one of the stories that I tell is a friend of mine, um, Chinese friend of mine. Her and I were walking one night, and there was a full moon out. I looked up and said, "Like, oh, you know, you see the, uh, you see the man in the moon," and she said, "No, what, what man in the moon?" She said, "I see the rabbit making mochi." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> where did you go? <laughs> Where's there a rabbit?" And so we sat there, and I pointed out the man in the moon. She pointed out the rabbit, you know, making mo- mochi in a little pestle, you know, and yeah, sure enough, it's there. But I would have never seen it. <laughs> If somebody didn't tell me, you don't know what you don't oh know. Oh my god! Right? Sure. And I think we can we can look at medicine that way too. Is what is the great benefit of Eastern medicine in the West is that it's a way of looking at the body that we would never have seen. Sure. And I think so. That brings up like something I think about too, because all patients coming up to me and that, uh, what do you think of acupuncture? I'm like. Acupuncture is a good thing to do. And they're like, well, will it, and then immediately, well, will it help me? Like, it's going to make a positive impact in your life. Like, I can guarantee that. Like, I don't know if it's going to fix your shoulder pain, whatever it is, right? right, right. Uh, but I guarantee you will be much better off because of it. Uh, and then, like I'll say, like, and usually because Timbo works 20 minutes away kind of from where I work. Uh, so I'll give them a card. Uh, and sometimes they'll, I know that they'll try it. Sometimes they won't, like, but either way, it's like, asking me it's like it's like you speaking on western herbalism right i'm like i I wouldn't know necessarily what to say like i i have a very vague understanding of what my uh understand or understanding of it is but i'll I'll say like go and try it like that's how you're going to know what this does for you uh and because most of the people that are asking this i've already given other just i mean we have our water with us right it's like Mm. you need to be drinking more water like so they're generally not the healthiest to begin with Mm. so they're looking for other things i'm like I, I know acupuncture is going to help you. Is it going to necessarily help with the exact pain that you're having that you're coming to see me for? Well, maybe, maybe not. But it's going to have positive impacts on other parts of your life. Yeah. And yeah. that's where it's that other perspective of, hey, yeah, it's it's 
gonna do something for you for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If if not, just to give you a, a different perspective. Right. On, right. On what your body, uh, how your body operates. Yeah. The body from the east is such a like a, it, it's an integral part of nature. I mean, it's chi is just chi is everything. Right. Chi is the trees outside. It's right. the grass. It's the ground. It's the air. And body is just a different manifestation of chi. And every channel is a unique manifestation of chi. Sure. All right. That's all the different pathways then, the meridians, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So I think just to even uh, just to even have somebody realize that they're a continuation of the world around them versus something separate from the world around them sure. is powerful. Because what do you so what do you think? is you know drinking water eating more vegetables you know reducing your your the inflammation in your body through your own means like how 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 much of that do you think plays a part in people healing people preventing injury and disease it's i mean it, it, it's it's all part of it right like yeah. it, how much of an extent i i have no idea like to put a per, percentage on it but it's like hey we're all made up of there, there's water inside of us. Like if there's not yeah. enough water, true, something wrong is going to happen. But now I think, and it, like you, you sparked a thought in my head. It's looking at it, and it's talking about that water, right? Well, you can get water that would be higher levels of chi and lower mm -hmm. levels of chi. So it's just like your body. If your body's stagnant in those areas, it's like all right. Well, if you're just getting water that's uh, loaded with contaminants, like all this runoff, like. Uh, of the, like the glyphosate, like all oh, this yeah. and that. And it's if you get that, like yeah. look at the energy level, like the chi level in something like that versus, yeah. okay, you get your good clean water, maybe remineralize it. You put it uh, like in a vortex, like you get like the structured water to it. And it's the impact that those types of water can have on you are all different. But at the same yeah. time, I just want somebody drinking water to start. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, w without that. Yeah. I think that's an integral part of healing. But we look at, and I think this is probably that Western versus Eastern uh, view too, is water, food, uh, exercise. That's that's the Western view, right? Like it's you. I mean, it's definitely coming around that there's more. But you're talking mm. about the trees, like the sun, like mm. all of that stuff. Now, that's really going to have a profound impact too. People don't think of just the getting outside, the getting in nature as part of that healing, mm. uh, the getting. Um, I mean growing I, I i think that growing or just having that locally sourced like foods i mean getting all of that from your surroundings mm -hmm. now but at the same time we're talking about the moon and whether it's the mochi on the moon or the man on the moon like yeah. the, the the rabbit there is we're all still made up of stuff from all over the universe mm -hmm. so that's where it's talking about like the chi is all of that we're all the same like we're all one and the same we're all made up of that same stuff now it's just harnessing it's like what do you need a little bit more hey i need to put a little bit more water back in me i need to put a little bit more greens back in me mm -hmm. uh boys upstairs we're just eating some ham i need a little bit more ham back <laughs> in me whatever it is right but you know they're like those are the building blocks that kind of go back in there uh to try and get the get the best versions of those but then hey get the best versions of the trees get the best versions of the sunlight all of that for that optimal healing yeah yeah, and I think there's there's a lack of diversity in in our ability to get to quality ingredients and quality sources. Right? How so? Mm. 
So I'm just thinking, a couple of years ago, I was up in Montana at Glacier National Park. Sure. Right? And we were jumping off these rocks into the water that was coming right off of the glacier. Yeah. Right? So then we walk up there and, you know, fill up our water bottles right off the glacier. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're energized by you that You can water. just feel it. You, it's, it's different. Yeah. You know? But until you experience drinking water straight off of a glacier, you never know how Perspective. What, what life is actually in the water. Yeah. You know? And even that, that's an interesting thought, right? Life, just what, how, how much life it takes to, to sustain the life in you. Yeah. Right? Like, if you, whether it's meat or vegetables. Well, that's one of Paul Chuck's big things. It's like, you can't eat dead food. Like, it has to mm. still be living food in mm. some extent. Now, yes, maybe you cook it right before you eat it, but you don't bastardize and cook the hell out of it, where it's just like you take everything away, or you just don't process it so yeah, that it's right. even before it gets to your plate or gets to your fridge or whatever it is it's already completely dead like none of those and then, again i'm t- not talking about like nutrients here and and, and or like uh, macronutrients micronutrients we're talking about just like enzymes like just the living part of the food like your food should rot mm-hmm. <laughs> right I, I mean i think that's almost the best way to look at it. it's like if your food can rot yeah it's probably going to be a little bit better off because hey that's still just another enzymatic process yeah, right. versus if you can leave that McDonald's hamburger there and come back a year later and it hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that's probably the best option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd rather skip a meal. But know? yeah, but I, I think that's an excellent point. Like, drinking from a glacier, if you've done it, now you know. Right. If all you've ever had is city tap water, you don't know what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't right. drink your water in Flint. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole. Nother. That's a scary situation, but yeah, let's get <laughs> yeah. them some water off the glacier. Yeah, right, right, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of what we need. We need to, like to allow people to experience what real food and real water is. What's the easiest way to do that? Any thoughts? Bring them to a glacier. Yeah. <laughs> How can you bring the glacier to that? I can just tell tell people. You know, it's kind of you know make a podcast and. And, and tell them about a trip you took to Glacier National Park and drank off of a glacier, and it's different, you know? Because until, until anybody told me, I was there with my buddy, and he said, oh, you got to taste this. Yeah. You know? All right, so how do we... But okay. So everybody's got... I know not everybody's going to say, oh, I can't get to Glacier National Park next yeah. year, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that's, I think, where it's... Yeah, like you said, it's, there has to be still just the other best steps that you can take. Mm-hmm. You can get the cleanest water whether it's buying it whether it's getting a filter like yeah sometimes it's looking that most inexpensive way just because you can't afford anything else and i understand that but mm-hmm. it's making sure to set those priorities that yeah this has got to move to the top of the list because yeah. you should be drinking a lot of water i just got like a, a five stage filtration system for under my uh under the my, under sink ones that's what we have yeah sink. yeah yeah, yeah. It's like $150 full price. You can get, right. And then like depending on the filters, like 50 to a hundred bucks a year, like to just replace them, which is yeah. grand scheme. If you look at buying bottled water, that's dirt cheap. Then uh, like something like that, right? Cheap, like yeah. it's you one of the best investments you can make. Probably bottle it yourself and sell it then too. But. Uh, and it'd still be better than most of the bottled water out there. Yeah. So I got that for, I got the whole system for $60 because yeah. it was on sale. It was eBay. Yeah. It was like an overstock. Kind of thing, sure. Right. So even that, you just kind of like patience, right? Just be patient. We don't need to do it all right now. Let's right. just do it a little bit at a time. And I think that's one of the things when people come in 
to be seen by a practitioner is they want results and immediate results like yesterday yeah you know um which isn't realistic it's kind well of... i'll disagree from the standpoint of it's you can start seeing some results possibly immediately and because it does happen it's like oh yeah i'm thinking just more from a pain relief standpoint right it's like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i can get somebody out of some pain maybe complete pain relief but does that mean it's i don't want to say fixed because fixed isn't the right word but it, right. does it mean that you've done all of that process for the true healing no yeah uh but you're right people are going to say oh, well yeah i mean acupuncture didn't work i went three times and i'm still xyz like what yeah. what is your response to something like that yeah i mean so typically when we say three times is that's that's actually spot on because so it's the first three visits and we go 50 percent reduction in symptoms within those first three visits okay and then 50 percent reduction every month from there on out Okay. That's the goal. Right, right. right. So we say three to six months for most conditions. Sure. You know, Uh, we can get it down to if you came in at eight, you're looking at like a one, three, four months out. Now, that's if you're talking about pain, right? Or, well, because, excuse me, I wanted to talk to you because I know uh, when we spoke a couple weeks ago, you said you were almost more interested in uh, over uh, different aspects of the body besides just the pain yeah right? yeah yeah so, so dive into that a little yeah, bit so please pain. yeah okay so yeah right on so because that's can be, sometimes be harder for somebody to quantify too right right like pain you're like oh yeah if i think of that zero to classic zero to ten scale or whatever it's maybe a little bit easier to quantify versus what are you interested in right now tim that's what i want you to talk about some things too it's like you said you're interested in some of that just internal health i guess too right yeah yeah so Specifically, I'd say digestion, autoimmune, and dermatology. Okay. Will be yeah. the three. And that comes from, you know, like we were saying before, that comes from where do I see acupuncture and East Asian medicine? Where do I see that actually um, taking center stage or like actually adding to the whole picture of medicine? Mm hmm. And when you look at Western medicine, people who have come in so far with digestive issues, autoimmune disorders, and dermatological disorders, um, they're at the end of the rope. You know, they've seen three or four different people, and they've done all the tests, and they've done, nothing came up. Yeah. But they still have all these symptoms. But they might also have medication 15 things long or whatever, right, but no other... Yeah, and they've been, uh, everybody puts them on a new medicine. Uh, right. Let's try this, let's try that. Um, and that's where it comes in, the different perspective comes into play. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's got to be something there that, that they can't see. Because no no medical professional is doing anything uh, intentionally wrong. Right, no, like, and I would agree to that. Everybody right. is there for the, for the betterment of the patient. Yes. And I think it's frustrating when you come to the end of your uh, end of your toolbox. Yeah. Right? You come like, well, there's nothing more I can do for you. I think that's just as frustrating for the medical professional as it is for the patient. It's just the professional is more used to having to say that, and so they don't they don't sense the impact as much as the patient does, right? I, I'm smiling big time because that's an, I, I, the way that you put that. Like all patients come to me, they're like, yeah, they'll go see a doctor. Ah, uh, yeah, nothing else I was gonna do for you. Like, this is 
your MRI looks normal or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's an MRI and a patient are two different things. Like just because you took a still shot of somebody's foot, like when they weren't doing anything, doesn't mean that you can see what else is going on. Like, and, yeah. and from my standpoint, it's like, well, that foot pain might be coming from the opposite hip or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for you. You're going you're not just looking. Okay, I have poor digestion. Okay, take these herbs for your digestion. See you later. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much more to it than mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it's, hey, what does your toolbox look like? Uh, keep trying to fill it up, and you're going to have a lot broader yeah. options to help people. Yeah. You know, you ever hear of Chris Kresser? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, he wrote a book, I think it was last year or the year before. I think his newest one came out last year, yeah. Like unconventional medicine, I think. That sounds correct, yeah. 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 And in that, he talks about the approach, the, the, the Western medical approach is, you know, one disease, one treatment, one cure. Right? So <laughs> every disease has one treatment that will lead to a cure. Right. And it's just not realistic. Right? So every time somebody comes in with lower right quadrant pain, mm-hmm. they get their appendix taken out. Because there's rebound tenderness, there's McBurney's sign, and so they yeah. take out the appendix because that's what you do when somebody comes that's, in with This that. is the protocol that you follow under that. Yeah. yeah. In China, close to 80% of appendicitis cases never go to surgery because they treat the pattern. Yeah. And they treat what's going on. There's six or eight different formulas that you could give somebody for that pain, and <laughs> close to 80% of the time, the pain goes away without surgery. Yeah. You know, they're not driven by the whole... Uh, lawsuit kind of culture either sure. but yeah <laughs> but it's um that it's it's unrealistic i think to think that there's one treatment for every for every uh disorder there's the all people are looking for right now is a cure to cancer right it's the yeah. it's the trillion dollar cure right how it, it doesn't even make sense to me why you're looking for a cure to cancer yeah like one person's cancer is different and the next person's cancer is different than the next person's cancer. They might all have the same type of cancer, but the mechanism behind it. I'm not saying the Western model is wrong in terms of searching to help people out with that. Oh, no. But I, I think to it's the same thing. It's like, oh, well, if I just find this, it'll cure cancer. Mm. I, mm. I don't like that way of looking at it. It's like, yeah. this might be, that you might find the best treatment for colon cancer. And that really might be the way to go in 80% of the cases, we're saying, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Is it probably going to fix every and everybody with colon cancer? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. Even if the quote-unquote cure is found. But it's there's so many mechanisms. There's so many different environmental factors, mental factors, emotional factors mm-hmm. that all play in. That How can you say that there's going to be one treatment, one cure, one... I forget the order that you said it there, but it's like yeah. one, one, one. No, it's too many other factors yeah yeah yeah. so i think i think the the strength of east asian medicine is giving a different perspective on those disorders and that when you come to the end of the rope there you just didn't see the rest of the rope it's actually (laughs) all east asian medicine point of view that we got a whole nother rope yeah and, and it's actually it's it's such a beautiful medicine you know, and it's really humbling to be able to practice it because it's, you know, it's got such a rich history. And I, somebody put it to me this way. Maybe I read it. I don't remember. But it was, no, I read it in the back of a book. Um, somebody who had visited China in the 
mid-1900s, the mid-20th century, and said they still practice the medicine of their ancestors. Mm-hmm. And when they tell people in the West they still practice the medicine of their ancestors, they would say, uh, well, that's ridiculous, they're just superstitious. But in actuality, the fact of the matter is that they just n- never got it wrong. If it didn't work... Or they've already it gotten it correct. Like, other ancestors got to the point where it was correct, and now those ancestors carried it on. Right. They carried it on, and they threw away what didn't work. Right. Yeah. And so, all of these treatment approaches, that's why it's... You can go to six different acupuncturists, and they all practice six different styles. Yeah. Because you know, one's from Japan, one's from Vietnam, one's from Mongolia, one's yeah. from Korea, one's from northern China, southern China, and, and middle China. Um, and they all practice slightly different styles and you know, favor different, slightly different modalities, but they all work. Yeah? And you're like, how, how is that possible? Well, the lineage that they came yeah. from is what works. Now, it's the exact opposite in Western medicine, because I forget where this was, but... Uh... This is maybe fifty hundred years ago, within that time frame. Like they, they were giving them a uh, talk, uh, like uh, commencement speech at Harvard Medical School, right? And whoever was giving the speech said, fifty percent of what we told you is right. Fifty percent of what we told you is wrong. Problem is, we won't know for twenty years which is which. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now th- they're looking at it just like that, but you said like, no, that was thousands of years ago we already figured that out now it's just passing on uh those different healing modalities uh today yeah yeah and we can i think one of the one of the things that gets me excited about new house about this space is that we can there's going to be an md or a do there and there's going to be a you know nurse and np nurse practitioners and there's going to be i think they're getting a chiropractor in there. Yeah. Acupuncture, Ayurvedic practitioners. Coming yeah, yeah. We finally have the opportunity in one space to throw away the things that don't work and use the things that do. Yeah. You know? Because if I'm not getting results, go see this person. Yeah. You know? This person treats pain really, really well. Right. You know? And if you're not getting better with me, then... I'm not seeing something, so let's, and that's, I think that's ego, right, and that's, that's what kind of it takes, it's the human condition, right, we could get into that one, but, <laughs> but it's, I want to be right, I want to be the one that solves the problem, sure, you know, and I think everybody has that desire, but that perspective of, we're going to throw it away if it doesn't work, and there's no shame in that, because you're actually improving for future generations right you figured out something for somebody else down the road yeah yeah and you become this stepping stone instead of this pedestal right sure and then and you know there's no glory in being a stepping stone all that much you know you might get your 15 minutes and maybe that's it yeah but that's fine you know even if you don't you still know that you've you've advanced healing for future generations you know and that's the that's the beauty of having all these people come together, is that you're gonna get the opportunity to 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 advance healing. Yeah, yeah. It's just such an interesting perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Versus, I think the like you said the oh yeah I figured that out for you. You're welcome. Yeah. 
it, it's very different than we were all able to come together uh, to help you solve your problem, whatever that mm-hmm. may look like. Those are very different uh, ego <laughs> egos that are coming into play there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just giving it back to the patient as quickly as you can, right? Because at the very least, you showed up. If you had 10 treatments, you showed up 10 times. Yeah. If that's all you can hold on to right now that you did for yourself, then start with that because that's 10 times more than some people do, right? And so how quickly can one of my mentors, uh, um, Dr. Catherine Austin, she was uh, out in PECOM in San Diego, and she used to say, you know, you're, the biggest job that you have as a practitioner is people are going to come to you and they're going to give you everything. They're going to give you all their responsibility. And your job is to get it back to them as quickly as possible. And that's what healing is when you give people. And I think about this when it comes to like, you know, we have a lot of blame in culture and society. Mm. People blaming and what you're doing when you're blaming somebody is you're giving them all the responsibility for that situation. You have no more power once you give everybody, give somebody else the responsibility. And that's, you know, I don't want to say in the Western medical model because I don't want it to seem like I'm bashing. You know, no, I don't think doctors. it's, I don't think it's just Western yeah. medicine because you look at uh, how many people hate politics, like a specific politician, whether it's right now, oh, President Trump, he's the whole reason, problem, this, this country's mess, whatever, this, that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Now it's you've done the same like thing. Spot you, on. Yeah, right. Spot it's, on. Yeah. So it's now you, you have say, no power to change it now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't care yeah. what you think about him. Huh. It's like it, it. It goes. I mean, that was like that's a very polarizing one. So that's a very easy one to be drawn to, right? Like you either love him, hate him. Like ah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. You hate him now. It's all on him now. You just walk away and say, ah, I can't do anything about it. Right. Same right. concept. Ah. Uh, yeah. That's versus and yeah. again, it can be. Medicine, but now we don't think about it in medicine from the standpoint of, well, it's not, uh, like the, the, the free world at his at their fingertips. It's just a couple of people that they're helping mm-hmm. out. Well, I'd say it's, it's the same thing. Like, well, it's just a couple of people well, that adds up over time, right? Like mm-hmm. you've seen a couple of people this week, a couple of people next week. And it's like over time now you, you've been able to help or hurt, I guess. And, or it's like, well, it's, yeah, they didn't follow what I told them to do. Okay, well, what else did you do to help them out? And that's where it's that mm-hmm. toolbox. It's it's not you like even from the practitioner, you can't just put it and say, oh yeah, it's the patient's fault; they wouldn't listen. Well, now you were looking, you were neglecting uh, the psychological component. Well, why weren't they listening? Like, there's going to be still some reason behind that. So, did mm-hmm. you reach out and try and get them the proper help so that they could cope with maybe something in the psyche emotional level uh, that was limiting their ability to start drinking their water? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and or so change your approach. You know? did well, you and that's exactly it. Way, you know? did yeah. You, did you did you try to understand? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It's it's it's, you know. I'd I'd like to, I'd like to talk to more people, and just see their approach because I really. You know, I really don't think that. Um, that the Western medical system intends to, but they overpromise and underdeliver. You know, go to your doctor and they'll they'll solve everything. They'll fix everything. You know, 
and your insurance will cover it. You won't have to pay anything. Your doctor will solve everything. And, you know, it's going to be, everything's going to be all right as long as you get to the hospital. Right? That's kind of the idea behind it. And it's... It is great in so, theory. Like, the idea, yeah. I won't disagree with that. Fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you cut your finger off, go to the ER. And yeah, right, they yeah. They'll, they'll over-deliver, you know? They'll put it back on and you can use it. <laughs> You know? Which is pretty wild to think about too. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Your needles aren't going to fix that, are they? Right, like yeah. not 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 right now, no, unfortunately. No. It needles, but I don't sew. You know, <laughs> so it comes back. But yeah, I think we all have to be really careful not to overpromise. Yeah, what we're capable of in each system, and uh, you know, it's hard. Life is hard enough. People are going through enough. You know. Just to have, to have pain on top of that, to have poor digestion on top of that. To have, I want to dive into that. the digestion piece for a second. Like, what? How are you going about looking at that? I, I know that's a very broad thing. I'm just curious on the uh, where you're coming from when somebody's coming in with poor digestion. Hmm. Yeah. I know it might be tough to like sum it up um, because there's going to be so many different individual factors that go into that. Uh, but I was curious if there's a, like, uh, where, where do you, where's the starting point on that yeah. uh, from your perspective? Um, so, I mean, starting point is always where, where are the leaks in your own kind of diet, right? Yeah. So, like, are you eating whole foods? Are you eating, like, yeah. like we just talked about, right? Like, all of that, are you drinking enough water? Are you eating whole foods? Or, you know, limiting all your, your sweets and your snacks and mm-hmm. your processed Um but from a physiological perspective, and this is something that I've been really burning to do, is to write write an ebook on this. Okay. I have like a compilation of blogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when we really look at the body from East Asian medicine, physiologically there's there's six levels. And you can almost you know, everything in Chinese medicine is a certain way until it's not. Right, um, because you have to have that space for flexibility, and to be able to adapt. So you can you can almost look at it as um, like a cross section of the body, and you're going from superficial to deep, from the skin level to the bone level. You know, the deepest is the bone in the blood, and then the skin is the most superficial. And there's there's six distinct manifestations of chi, right? Um, so the first will be what we call tai yang, which is the skin. And it's like the, the, the back, like the skin layer. And that protects us from pathogens in the environment. Right? But then it also rids the body of pathogens. The two organs that are associated with it is uh, the bladder and the small intestine, which you know, uh, transport the water and fluids around the body to you know, a lot of things that you urinate out. Right? So that's... We get rid of pathogens that way, and we get rid of pathogens through sweating. And so that's that's uh, an example, right? And that's indicated in, in autoimmunity a lot is, you know, you have rashes, you have joint pain. Joints are, are where these channels go, the Taiyang channel. Um, and that's, I guess you could call it an overactive Taiyang, right? Um, so you're... You're actually defending more than you have to, but it's still within that channel system, and then it starts to creep into other channel systems, right? There's so when it comes to digestion, 
that's about so Yang Ming Tai Yin and um, you know we can post this we can link to the blog or whatever if you want to, to sure. get a better idea but uh, Yang Ming Tai Yin is major systems of digestion Yang Ming is essentially the alimentary canal so anything from the mouth to the anus is Yang Ming at the level of the muscles so the muscular level of the entire elementary canal is Yang Ming and Tai Yin is the endothelial so the absorptive mm-hmm. layer of that major organs of um, Yang Ming are stomach and large intestine right which present in the mouth and present out the anus and then the major organs of Tai Yin are spleen and lung now spleen is, is it's the best translation of the characters for it but there's a lot of debate what it actually is right? so spleen is definitely involved and there's really interesting research going on into the spleen uh, from a western perspective from a biomedicine perspective and it's, it's so you could say the spleen encompasses the spleen the pancreas even some little bit of gallbladder it's all those digestive enzymes and they just happen to lie along the same fascial planes in, in okay. the body right and so that's essentially what you can do I mean you can go back there's the spark in the machine is this great book that presents these six levels from an embryological perspective the, a British ER doctor mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Keown I think is how you pronounce it uh, and he presents these six levels as, you know, so if you take the spleen and the lung, um, the thyroid is actually a, a part of that system. So the, that channel runs into the throat. And so thyroid disorders, uh, a lot of times, they they creep into the, the tie-in aspect, which is the major channel system for digestion. But if you look at the thyroid, thyroid is two lobes, right? lung is two lobes and then the spleen actually has lobes the spleen and the pancreas kind of represent two lobes right they all start at the same embryological point and then as the fascia grows out these organs are laid over each or are, are, are then created right right in in the womb the thi- thyroid goes up and splits into two lobes. The yeah. lung goes down, splits into two lobes. The spleen and the pancreas go down, they, they split into two lobes. Right? And so it's this continuous fascial structure. Sure. And then the channel is actually the fascia that, that connects them all. Um, you could take like the, the liver and the pericardium. right? In Western medicine, really no reason for them to be related. Right. right. Well, they start at the same yeah. place right but then and then the pericardium goes up and to the left the liver Just goes down to the right and they split up like that same thing stomach and large intestine um same thing kidney and heart you know, kidney and heart start in the same space in in the fetus and then they they grow uh apart and they split and so and they're still connected by that uh you know, embryological fascial channel Right, so when we look at digestion, we look at Tai Yin and Yang Ming, and it's really interesting. Now I was just reading at Keon. I was reading his book, and he talks about the role that the spleen plays in filtering out 
aged red blood cells, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there is a there's microcurrents through the body that mm. you can measure along these fascial planes and or channels, right? We call them channels. And the spleen holds you know, spleen as a filter is a high pressure system, and the spleen holds a negative electrical charge. Red blood cells in a healthy state hold a negative electrical charge. Red blood cells in an unhealthy state hold a positive electrical charge. So they'll be drawn. So they'll be drawn into the spleen where they can be pass- like right. recycled and yeah. then passed off in bone marrow, erythropoiet, and all that kind of process, right? And uh, so he, he's doing a lot of research right now into microcurrents. And one of the things, so the throat channel for, or so the lung channel that runs into the throat, there's uh, slightly higher electrical charge in the lung organ than the throat itself at the Mm -hmm. end of the channel where the channel terminates and in lung disorders those charges the the gradient or difference between those charges gets less so they become the same charge sure and so there's no distinction there's no distinction and there's no repelling oh aspect so you're not keeping anything out of the lungs like bronchitis you have I think it's negative 30 millivolts or something is what it is and then in the throat it's negative 10 and as disease progresses they both go to negative 10 or yeah, they'll both, yeah, they, okay. yeah they both come together yeah and um yeah and so that's that's a little bit of a tangent i don't know there's so much information no but it's still right? interesting yeah. yeah 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 but so for digestion we're looking at the spleen and the lung and what the spleen is responsible for is taking food and transforming it into usable form and what the lung is responsible for is taking air and transforming it into a usable form and when they come together you get chi and then chi is what gives life and animation to everything in the body right um so that's the that's the first place we look is spleen lung system um, organic disorders tend to be in that young Ming. They tend to be stomach, intestine, large intestine. Um, but, you know, you can also have disorders that pass. And, and they travel back and forth. They're so close together that they actually pass. Like, so the spleen and the stomach are paired as far as when disorder hits. So when disorder starts to develop and the spleen becomes deficient, heat will be generated and the spleen doesn't like heat Mm -hmm. and so it passes it off to the stomach which likes heat okay right and the stomach like the digestive fires right right right? and uh and so it you know if the spleen is in disorder it'll pass heat off into the stomach if the stomach has too much heat it'll present with vomiting uh nausea uh, you'll get, you know, nosebleeds, you'll get... Well, can that even just be, like, I mean, GERD? Like, yeah. would that be... Because, I right. mean, that's, I feel like, a Spot, a yeah. lower-level symptom compared to those, but something that's very common to see for people, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I just always have that acid reflux kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And that's an indication that something's going wrong. Sure. It's not an omeprazole solution, you know? It's So, <laughs> I had somebody come in. Omeprazole is what, what she called it. 
She had all of her own names for every medication really? she was on. It was hilarious. When she was talking about it, it worked. Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you know, the spleen can pass off into the stomach. The spleen can pass off into the lung. Uh, the spleen's right next door to the gallbladder. You know, it can pass off into there. Um, so there's there's a lot of places that we look. And it's really about tracing back, you know, what is functional in the stomach and what's dysfunctional. And, and is it coming from the spleen? And more often than not, you know, that's where we use the pulse. We look at the tongue, we feel the abdomen, you know, palpate all the channels. Because the channels, um, the channels are there to protect the organs. Mm-hmm. That's right. You don't need your arms and legs as, right. as crass as it sounds, right? You don't, yeah. you don't need your arms and legs to survive but you need all the organs that are in your torso yeah and so the channels present with changes in the arms and the legs before the organs become fully diseased so that's i mean that's a yeah now i follow that with what you're saying like that's going to be okay before you're in serious trouble it's going to show up somewhere else basically yeah yeah yeah, right right so it's going to show up uh you know below the elbows and below the knees is predominantly where we palpate channels. Right. So everything's you know, just more superficial there. If you feel, is that yeah, it's yeah, yeah. just easier to get to. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. So that's exactly it. Yeah. So the channels go deep once they hit that knees and once they hit the elbows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, on like the inside of your leg, if you feel, you, you, the spleen channel basically comes right off of the tibia there. Mm-hmm. So if you roll over the tibia and the first time you hit flesh. Just right on that inside of the shin, basically. Right, yeah, okay. on the inside of the shin. You come in the heart, the bone there is the tibia, and then once you hit, you hit flesh, you can actually feel there is a, there's a channel that runs up the inside of that bone, on uh, the inside of the tibia, the shin bone. And so uh, this area is, so basically between the, the bottom of the calf and that bone on the inside of the ankle, the malleolus, it, you, you'll feel changes in there when people have spleen disorders and they'll start to develop little nodules or little, you'll feel like a little like grains of sand in there or you'll feel a little bump that and you just kind of, you know, pass it off as whatever it's, and you don't think about it because you don't know that that's an indication of something going on inside and the body to protect the organ inside is pushing that disorder out into the channels. Sure. Yeah. And it's all set up to, for survival. Well, and that's, I mean, that is, if you look at the Western model, we actually know that. But it's not often, I don't think, looked at. Like, okay, back pain like can be coming from organs a lot of times. Like, and, and it very yeah. commonly is. I mean, just as a simple one, right? Like, that's just spilling over because the organs don't have that same, uh, uh, the same nerve senses, basically, uh, to let your body know that. So it's like, okay, where does it go? Goes to your back. Goes to your lower leg, I mean, in this case, right, whatever that is, it's, we, we have those pathways because we know they're on the same nerve roots, but Mm. we don't look at that because, well, can't be coming from the inside. It hurts in my back. It hurts my foot. Yeah. Whatever it is, right? (laughs) It's just that, not looking what the ancestors already figured out for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's fascinating. That, isn't it so, it's just mind blowing that, you know, without, I mean, obviously they had the, you know, I think it was the, like the enemies, right? Like they, 
it was battlefield type stuff because most of the physicians were present on the battlefield to you know help help heal their people, and so they must have just been looking at and observing bodies after after a battle, and they got to see the inside, you know, because most cultures throughout history, it was illegal to open up a body. I'd know? say it's actually deeper than that. So, the classic one uh, that I think of is. Um, uh, Native American, uh, excuse me, uh, South American shamans and ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. How did they know to put these two pieces of plant together? They are in nowhere near each other in the jungle. How did they know to cook them down? How did they know you were going to trip your balls off? Like, go mm-hmm. see other dimensions when you did so. The plants told them. Mm-hmm. It's like you asked the plants and they talked to them and they showed them what was going on. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you look back. I mean, again, how old is acupuncture right like you go back to that and it's it was even the 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 people just connecting with the bodies and just actually asking the body well what was wrong okay well where is this coming from and having that intuition and knowing those senses and then being able to piece it together it's like okay if i palpate here i can get to that a lot faster than Mm -hmm. asking the body sitting down with it and it's like all those things might have already been told to them through that uh through that same medium if you will yeah yeah, imagine growing up, like being born into a, a, an environment that there's no engine, no, there's no planes flying overhead, yeah. there's no, you know, none of that, right? And uh, and just sitting with it all day long and listening. Being so in tune with everything. Just observing. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. It's the dream, you know? <laughs> Get out there and sit on a glacier and <laughs> drink the water and just look at yourself. Just be with the glacier. Be with yourself. <laughs> be, be with the universe at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it still is all around you. Yeah. And then it's so easy to, to, you know, make that jump to just seeing the divine spark in everything, right? Whereas it permeates everything. Like we're, it's all manifestation of chi. And just these, you know, differences and categories that we place things into are human constructs. That we try and put them into, right? Yeah, because yeah, we can't comprehend everything. Yeah, you know? it's like, or, <laughs> you know, but I think we can. That's the thing. I think we can, but it's freaking scary. Yeah, that's actually I think a better way to put it. I agree yeah. with you there. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not a big deal if I start looking at things. That way. <laughs> I'm actually nothing. Oh, no. We are specks I in just the grand scheme to be of it. existing yeah. at this time in this place, yeah. and it really doesn't matter all that much. You know? <laughs> Which going back to the ego. That's hard to swallow. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, so, well, this is uh, this conversation. I mean, we could probably sit here all afternoon and no, chat away. Sure. Yeah. Uh, give everybody, share with them, kind of, uh, again, just, hey, what's opening, when when this is going down, where they could find everybody, uh, as well as then just, like, share your website. We'll try and get some links in the show notes for everything then, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the website is Team Acu. So, Team Acupuncture Herbal Medicine is... Uh, my practice and it's team like you know sports team t-e-a-m acu.com uh you can email me tim at teamacu.com um and then yeah new house new n-u dash house.com right now it's just a, a, a you know landing page a home page where you can put your email address in and just get make sure you're in the loop to get alerted when things go down. But uh, we're looking at mid to late June to open that up. And then we're looking at sometime in the you know mid to late summer to have like a 
you know, a party, just a grand opening party. Right on. Throw a little banger and have some some living food there. You know? Delicious. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably on a Saturday or something, grab stuff straight from the market and then just right on. come on over. But uh, yeah, go to newhouse.com, new-house.com and sign up for the email updates and then you know, you'll be in the loop and uh, reach out if you have any questions. Perfect. Thank you, Tim. Yeah.